I'll share with you a few words of Drush for starters, and then we'll get to the longest. The Gemara says in Shabbos Peiches that at the time the Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain, the Malachim said, what are you doing here? This is for us, not for, not for you. So, by the way, if one or two people that are, feel secure to unmute and not make a noise, it gives that feedback that helps a little bit. Yeah. So, um, the Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai, the Malachim said, Mal Yalud Isha Beinenu. So he said, what do you mean? I'm going to be Makabal the Torah. So they said, it doesn't belong with you, it belongs with us. Sakadish Baruch turned to Moshe Rabbeinu, and said, Moshe Rabbeinu, tell them an answer that will help you win the Torah from them. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, he sort of asks Sakadish Baruch the Torah that you are giving to me, what does it say in it? Doesn't it say Kibbutz Aim and various other mitzvahs? And there are three questions to ask on this Gemara. First of all, whatever it says, it says. They know. The Malachim knew what it says in the Torah, and Moshe Rabbeinu is not telling them anything new. So, what's this great Gilui when he says, oh, it says in the Torah, Kibbutz that this is going to take the Malachim away from fighting him. They know it says Kibbutz Secondly, why do you need to turn to HaKadosh Baruch as if to get, an, uh, you know, a seal of approval that says this in the Torah? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Torah Shatanoisli, Mark Have a look inside. It says what it says. And also, what does it mean, Torah Shatanoisli? The Torah that you're giving to me, as if there's another Torah? So the explanation is, the Ramban says in HaKadoma to the Torah, famously, he says that the Torah was at first read in one, let's call it one long line. Voracious wasn't voracious, it was voracious, etc. It was one long recep, one continuation. You wouldn't know where to cut the words. And this is called the Torah of Kuloi Shemois. The way to split the words would be Kapola, Shemois HaKadosh, and that's the way you would split the, the words and read it. And that sort of Torah belongs in heaven. It's all about... Was The Malachim said the Torah belongs to us. Look, this is the formation that the words are meant to be read in. It's full of Kabbalah. It's full of Torah Sashomayim. Why are you taking the Torah to earth? Says Moshe Rabbeinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Torah Shatanoisen Li. The Torah that belongs to me, to the Olam HaMaisa, Maxiv Bey. And then he showed a new formation. It says, Bereshis Borelekim. It says, It doesn't say anymore what the Malachim were reading. And the Malachim could not see it in that way because they don't belong in this world. So they would never have read the words in such a way. They read it in the way that belongs to them. But Moshe Rabbeinu said, I can read it the way you read it because I can learn Kabbalah. But not only that, I belong in this world. And therefore the Torah belongs to me because I also have the other way of reading it. The way of reading it in the Olam HaMaisa. So surely it belongs to me. That's the the argument between the Malachim and Moshe Rabbeinu. Rav Shach brings from here that, in his Atom Atavi Ezri, that if one wants to learn Kabbalah, the first thing a person has to do is learn the Nigla. Because we see the Malachim also learned Kabbalah, and their Vikuach was, we want the Torah. And the only thing that made us win was, first of all, Pshat. First of all, we have the Torah that belongs 
to the Olam Maisa. When you have that, then you also win when it comes to Torah Kabbalah, which they won over the Malachi Asharis. Now, the Arugas Aboisim brings the shame is uncle, Rab Amram Chasida, a very nice vault, Vettel. It says, Vayar ha'om v'yonu v'yam d'merochoik, which Pashtus means that the Kalal Yisrael by Matan Torah, they, they, they trembled at, the, at this big Maimud, and, and Chazal say they even died, and until they had, uh, Hashem brought them back to life. So they, they saw, and they trembled, and they, they went away. The Gemara says 12 mil, they walked backwards, or ran backwards, or jumped backwards. That's the Pashup Shat. He explains differently. Vayara Om. They saw the Torah coming down on Har Sinai. And they wondered, this isn't Shaykh to us. It's full of Shemus Hashem. There's no way of reading it relevant to this world. Vayara Om. This is what they saw. But then suddenly, as it was coming down to the Olam Hagashmi, Vayonu'u. The letters started to move and reshuffle. Vayamdu Merochoik. And they stood apart from each other in a formation that can be read. Kabed Zavicha, Vesimecha, etc. Vayara on, they saw the words one long line, like the Ramban says, and it could be Kuloshemos. Vayam de Marochos, but as it came down to Harasinai, the words split apart with gaps. Words, letters turned into words, and it turned into the words that Klal Yisrael could be Makabal the Torah. Says Rav Kluger, that's Pshat, El Yoinim Sasu, Vetachtoinim Alzu, Vekabolas Torah Me Sinai. So the Malochim were happy. They agreed that we can have it. The Tachtoinim were happy that they received the Torah. Why? Because they got the Torah Misinai. Why should we say, Rekabolas Torah Mahashem? Why Misinai? The answer is, at the point when Hashem wanted to give it over to Klal Yisrael, the Malochim were not happy. Elioinim were not so. So they said, no, you have no right. But when it came to Sinai, when it came into the Olam HaMaisa, and they saw that the Torah was relevant to this world, then they saw that belongs with the people down here. Elioinim Sosu, Betachtoinim Olzu, Bekabolas Torah, Misinai. When this, Yam Dumerochok, when the words split apart and became relevant to Elam Hazer, that's when they agreed that it belongs to Klalisrom. Okay, so we see that the Torah sort of had one format and it became known in another format um, to us, and that's how we got the Torah. So I want to share with you halochas or ha'orus that anogeya to um, how the Torah came to us and slowly certain changes, halachically correct changes, that happened um, also to do with sort of the printing of the Torah. The Gemara Gittin, the Afsamach of Abayz, tells us that it's also to say Torah Shebechsav Baalpeh. One may not say It's also also to write Torah Again, one doesn't say and Torah stays and isn't written. The Makoiris Write these words, and then you've got Ki Say these words. Don't write them. Or this you may write, Torah Shabbat the Atokoyz of Alochus, because it has to remain Torah Shabbat So the question arises, today, Baruch Hashem, as I can see in some of the pictures in front of me, 
Others have covered themselves. I don't know where they're sitting, but if they're sitting in front of their forum shank, then today, Baruch Hashem, so much Torah is written. And the question is, what changed? I thought, Eile Atokoisev, this is what you may write. Vi Atokoisev, Alochas, and you may not write Torah Shabal Peh. Why have we got Sforim Shanks full of Torah Shabal Peh? So the Gemara tells us in Gittin, Dafsama Chavad Aleph, Eisla Soisla Shem, Eferu Torah Secho. When there is a time of need, then they allow, Chazal understood obviously when, it's a very dangerous concept, right? It has to be understood by Chazal. Chazal understood that when there is a need, Hashem allowed for a change. Now, that has to be worked on because the Rambam says Torah can't change, etc. So we have to know exactly what all that means. The Inkam Koyma Laharich. It's a different noisa. But there is such a concept. Eis Lasis Lashem, Eferu Torah now, I'll just give you an example that comes to mind. Um, being as it's the Yemeha Sphira, so this example comes to mind of, of where they discuss an Eislasus Lashem Eferu which actually never happened. The, there was a Tkufa in Klalisral where shaving with a razor was rampant, right? It's an Issa Torah. But people did it. Shaving with a razor was an Issa, and they did it. So much so they did it that there's a tshuva in Rabbi Kivu in Simon Sadivov that he was asked if they can make a Kedushin not a Kedushin. I, there was someone they didn't want to get. So they wanted to be mavatl the Kedushin because the aide was found to be someone that was Megaleach Batar that shaved with a razor and that's an Issa the Raisa. The Chori is Postle Aedus. The Kedushin was not a Kedushin and thereby this woman will not need to get and obviously then she can marry a Koyan or whatever, whatever the reason for her not to receive a get would, uh, would, would be good for her. So Kivega says, I'm sorry, I have to be Mechaev a get. The Kedushin is the Kedushin, even though this woman, uh, this aide, shaved with a razor. Why, why is that so? Says Kivega, since it was rampant in those days to shave with a razor, therefore people thought that's not such an Issa. It became sort of the norm. Yeah, but by the people, they didn't think they were rebelling against Hashem because it became so normal at this Kufa and Klalitzrov. Therefore, there's no pastus because the pastus is that he doesn't care about what Hashem wants to say and therefore he's going to lie in Bezdin. But this person cares. He just goes with the, with the how do you say, the, the times, the ills of the times. And this is one of the things that was normal. So since this is one of the things that was normal, it's not called he's over Bashot Nefesh and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Metzava. And therefore, he's still Nehmon Le'edus. He actually takes this a step further. And he says that since Bezdin will sometimes take Aiden that are clean shaven. Nothing wrong, right? They're clean shaven, so what? But the Bezdin don't need to check, you know, where was his last barber? You know, where was his last haircut? Happens to be his friends know often that he was shaving with a razor. But Bezdin don't know. And Bezdin maybe don't have to clear it. But since the Hamoinam see, hey, Bezdin taking people that shave with a razor, Bezdin took them in just because they shave, not because they shave with a razor. But the Hamoinam know these Hebra, and they say, ah, so even by Bezdin, um, shaving with a razor is okay. So it must be nowadays it's not so osa. Memele says, Ricky Vega, the aid is kosher. So again, I'm just highlighting how rampant, um, shaving with a razor was at one school of Klalis And every, every generation has its problems. Now, the Noidabi Huda, has two chuvas about shaving of Cholomoyed. Now, again, it's only in a specific scenario. And he says a heter that really should apply to everyone. 
in that specific scenario, Ein Shom, you can have a look, it's in Simon Kuf and Kuf Aleph, it should apply to everyone, and he says, no, it's only for a specific person that asked me the question. I only allow him to shave, no one else. And the question is, if the rules of the Heta is for everyone, then it's for everyone. If it's applicable, why the Noid Behuda limited? Then in the next Shuvah, the Noid Behuda backtracks, and he says, actually, I allow, with this, with these Tanoim, I allow anyone that has these specific Tanoim, I allow them to shave on Cholomoid. And the question is, what, what changed in the Noid Behuda? You know, a Chuba ago, he limited it to one specific person, and the next Chuba, he allowed it to be wholesale, again, with specific, um, reasons. Says the Noid Behuda himself, the reason, or his son, I can't remember anymore, I saw it a long time ago. He says like this. He says that at first, I wanted as much as I could to ban shaving Cholomoid. Even when anyone could be it, I wanted to ban it. Why? Because since many people shave with a razor, I thought at least a few days a year, people won't be over the Issa. However, when I saw that people were cute, so that all the, all the Jewish barbers were closed. Because of my psyche, all the Jewish barbers were closed, because there was no heta for anyone except one uh, uh, special person, but other than that, there was no heta. But then I saw people lining up by the Goisha barbers, and now they'll be over, never mind Cholomoy shaving, which is, say that it's also, but it's less also than ta. They'll be shaving with a tar for sure, with a razor for sure, because they're queuing up by the goy. So now even people that were, were, were careful not to shave with a razor are going to shave with a razor. Therefore, he, he retracted and he said that the heta of, of shaving with cholamoid in specific cases is allowed in a Jewish barber and he let the barber be open for those cases. So again, you see, it was rampant. So the Shaila came up, the Marasham brings it in Das Torah. He, uh, it came up a certain city that had this problem, that people were shaving with a razor. So the Rav wanted to allow them to shave during Yemei HaSfira, but that the rest of the year and the Yemei HaSfira that they shave, they'll only shave, I mean, they won't shave with a razor. Deal. We'll do a deal. Eithlas is Hashem, You never shave with a razor, which is a derisa, and we'll take away a minute of Avelus of, of not shaving in Yemei HaSfira. Now, my sir, this didn't happen, because obviously, if you allow such things to happen, then the razor shaving will probably carry on and the minhogim will fall away and therefore it wasn't allowed. But this is an example of where people were weighing up on Okay, so coming back to our topic, it was allowed to uh, write Torah Sh'balpeh uh, became Mutter to write. Now, the, the, the truth is also there's a limitation on Torah Shemichsav. Really, halachically speaking, you can't make uh, some uh, not in Ashuris, which is Safra's print. That's also Eila Atakos. You can only write this. You cannot write the Torah in any other format. However, again, Eislas is Lashem, a favorite Torah Sefer. You need it in different languages. And therefore, uh, the Torah has been permitted. It's permitted to write the Torah in various languages. Now, let's first address the reasons why Torah Shabbat shouldn't be, um, should, should only be written and not be said Balpeh, and why Torah Shabbat should only be said Balpeh and not written, and then we'll come to a few halachic shilas. So first of all, basically, there's a lot of raid on this, but the Vesyosav in Arachayim Sim Memtes says a very simple reason. It's based on the Rishonim. Torah Shabbat must be written because many droshes are said from the Psukim. If you only say the words, you don't see chaseris, v'yaseris, the extra letters, the missing letters, which all lead to certain droshes, the kri, the ksev, 
the tagim, Rabbi Kiva we know was Dorish, all the tagim, uh, etc. And therefore, um, it's very important that all these things are there in front of us so that we can learn the Torah to its full. And it shouldn't be mugbul to the way you say it. The Radvaz says in the Tshuva, why don't we have the Pintalach, the, the dots, the Nakudas in the Sefer Torah? Why isn't it there? Says the Radvaz, because if it would be there, it would be limited. The Gemara says, Al Tikrikach Elokach. Don't read it like this, only like this. What do you mean? The Pintalach say, I have to read it like this. The answer is, Torah Shabbat has many ways of learning it. And therefore, it has to be open to all the different ways. If you put the dots, you'll be magbalit and you're taking away from the limud of Torah Shabbat. Therefore, it's also to put the Nakudas in. Yeah, there are those that want to put sometimes the trop in because they don't know how to lay. You know, there have been people caught with, uh, you know, putting the, putting the trop in. There is more leniency if after they wrote the Sefer Torah, they put the trop in, then if the Torah was already written in a way that you could explain it any other way. And then they put the Pintalach in. The Maisa, the Allah is you have to, it's not allowed to be in. But the, that would be the leniency is that if the Torah was first written without the dots or without the Tamim, that would make it uh, a bit easier. I think we don't allow it. Okay, so that's Torah Shabbat and it's reason why it mustn't be said Baal Peh. How about Torah Baal Peh? Why may it not be written? So again, there's various answers to this, but the Ponim Yofus in Parash Kisiso explains very, it's very easy to, I think it sits very well on the heart when you hear the explanation. It says there's three ways of learning. There's what you understand in your mind. You're not clear, but someone explains it to you. And then finally, you look at the paper, what it says. You look at the Gemara, what it says, the, the, whatever Sefer is written. You look what it says, and you have to decipher and decide what it means, and you'll understand from there. It says the highest level of honor is your Rebbe. Your Rebbe, in his mind, is clear. However, he needs to give it over to you. So he'll tell it to you, and you'll be clear. You won't be on the same level as him because he already has it in his mind. So he has to bring it out with his mouth. It's a lower level. And that's why every generation goes down. However, when we don't even have that, we have to look at what it says. And then it's open to many different explanations and interpretations. And it's lacks in Havona. Therefore, Torah Shvapesh should really ideally be, t- be transmitted Rebbe to Talmud because it's coming with that clarity of Hasbora as opposed to you deciding yourself what it says here and what it doesn't say here. Unfortunately, due to Eurydice Adoras, the Masora broke, and therefore there was no choice but to write down the Gomorrah, because at least we get the lowest level of understanding. But we also understand that when it's written down, it comes to many different interpretations, which led to many Machloikasen, which is why basically, yesh omrim kach, yesh omrim kach, yesh omrim kach, and there isn't a real clarity um, in Torah Shvapeh like there once was. The Groh, they bring Bashem the Groh, that when the Gemara says, Chisure Mechsura Vahochi Katoni. What does that mean? It means that first they tried, even in the Torah of Alper, that they had to write, they tried to limit it, so the rest should be transmitted, Rebbe to Talmud. Eventually, even that wasn't understood, and the Gemara, we had to ask questions, what do you mean, what do you mean? Oh, okay, Chisure Mechsura Katoni, I'll add to you some more details. This was missing, because we didn't want to put it in, but now I see you need to know what was missing, because you lack the clarity of Rebbe to Talmud, so we have to put it on the paper, and Chisura Mechstra, Bahochi Katan. Okay. 
So today, we take what we can from our Rebbe's, but really, we're left with Sforim, and Sforim is our Rebbe. The, the Meshiv Dovah, the Nitziv, in Chelek Beis, Simon Ayin Hei and Ayin Vov, where he's discussing the Halakas of Maisa, he says, one may not take, when one is taking a Choyv from someone that owes money, so there's certain things one may not take, his necessities. And he says, his necessities are his Sforim. Because nowadays, I'll read his words, Vizman Hazeh, Sifrei Talmid Chachomim, Heimora Boisov, they are his Rebbe's, and they are his life. They are his sustenance. And he says, the Gemara says that this is something he needs. Talmud Shagola, a Talmud in Makkas, it says, a Talmud that has to go into the Oremiklot. Rabbi Goyle Imoy, his Rebbe goes with him. Well, today that will be his Svarim, and therefore the Baal Chayim can't take at least the Svarim he needs for the Sugyas relevant to what he is learning. Now the Rambam addresses this problem. You see, after time, People were, people were very unclear on the, on the Torah. You know, learning Gomorrah takes many years. Getting clear on it takes more than a lifetime. So what's the Eitzah? The whole idea of writing Torah Shvalpeh was to bring clarity to a Torah that had lost their clarity. Well, now even that wasn't working. So what should we do? Came the Rambam and he wrote Mishnah Torah. And in an Agdoma, he writes that since there's so many Machloikas and then it's difficult unless you're learning all day to really get to the bottom of this, I'm going to write you a Sefer that you just have to open a Chumish, and then you open my Sefer, and there'll be no Machloikasun, it'll be very clear, Sokim, and from that, um, you, you, you won't need any others for him, just my Sefer, and that's it. Now, obviously, that caused a, a huge storm. Like, does that mean no more Gomorrahs, etc.? But the idea of the Raman was, he wanted again to make it concise, clear, like the whole idea of writing Torah Obviously, it wasn't accepted in that way. Avada was one of the big Sforim that we have, but they didn't put away the Gomorrah as his Loshim was Mashma. And obviously, there's many explanations as to what the Rambam really meant. Okay, now after this Agdoma, let's go into some halachic discussions. So, let's take one discussion. First, about Torah Shbiksav, that you may not say it Balpeh. So again, I'm not giving you any halachic maskonas, I'm just bringing it up. You have Shmuel's nice to think over it. And um, you can uh, always uh, let me know uh, what Masconas you came to. But either way, one can think about the following halacha. There's halacha. You're leaning. You have to read it from inside. What happens, let's say you come to a Shem Havaya. Now, the halacha is, you're not allowed to read the Shem Havaya the way it's written. When Mashiach comes, you can. Right? The Gemara says, when Mashiach comes, we will say it as it's written. But now we say it in a Loshan Agnus. So, we're anyway not saying what we see, right? We're saying Adnus, and we're not saying what we see. So do you have to look inside when you're laying the words of Shem Hashem? That's question number one. Same question would apply to a Kri Uksiv, right? It says it one way, but I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it differently. It can sometimes be completely different. Ishkoleno, Ishkoveno, it's completely different. So do I have to look inside uh, for that word? I once saw Poskim talking about it, but I can't remember. I'm just bringing up the Shaila. Similarly, in Alocha, you'll see all over the place, they used to light up their Beis HaMedrash by, um, by having a candle there. And wax would spill on the parchment. Therefore, the Alocha discusses what, haps, what happens if wax spilt on a certain word and covered the words. Now, I'm going to carry on laning, and it's discussed on Shabbos when you can't pull off the wax. 
So again, the same shayla that would apply. If the wax fell on a Shem Avaya, does it matter? If a wax fell on a creek sieve, does it matter? I mean, we're not reading what it says on that letter, on that word. That's one shayla. Agav, just uh, on a similar note, there's an interesting tshuva for a Moshe Feinstein in Igris Moshe Chele Gimel Simenutes, where he says, you know, sometimes, you have, especially now, if anyone's having a garden minion, if they, yeah, okay, if, um, according to what it says you have to do, etc. So if you are, often the balikoras are not, are not the best balikora because it's a, you know, out of shul situation. So, um, so what do they do? So, you know, they take a siddha and they, they, they're laning and they quickly go back to the siddha and they check the trough and they go back to the laning. Is that allowed? Ramosha Feinstein Pascans, that's better to have someone standing nearby and telling you the trop rather than looking in the siddha. Why? Because he says, when you look in the siddha as you're laning, when you go back to the, to the Sefer Torah, you're not really looking at the Sefer Torah. You're memorizing what you just saw in the siddha. And therefore, you're not laning from the Sefer Torah, he says. You're laning from the siddha. Right? Okay. So, so therefore, he, he says that's no good. He says there's a kula as well. And that is, if you're looking at the Sefer Torah and then you close your eyes for a minute to say a word with Kavona, that's okay. Because you're not reading from memory, you're reading for what you just read in the Sefer Torah. That's a way a person works. You don't, you don't actually, if you think about it, when you read a book, it could well be you look at the words, then you internalize it, and you think about it. So he says closing your eyes might not be such a chisoran as you're laning if that's the last thing you saw. Now, it's debatable, this Ramosha, it's a bit hard to understand, but that's what he says. Right, now let's move over to another discussion. And that's Torah Shvalpeh that you're not allowed to write. Not allowed to write Torah Shvalpeh. The Gemara in Shabbos, Kuftezvav, there's a sugi there discussing if there's a shreifa, what you can save, even involving sometimes an Isidra Abonon, what you can save from the shreifa. And it talks about saving Sifra Kodesh. Now, in the Gemara it seems, you can only save Torah that's written the way Torah should be written. Ashuris, etc. The Halacha Lamaisa, it's brought in Shin Lamadal and Sifud Beis. The Halacha Lamaisa is, you can save even a, a, a Bible in, uh, uh, yeah, Sefer Torah, in, Lush, in a different Loshan, call it, yeah. And, or, or you can save Torah Because, and therefore they become part and parcel of our Sifre Kodesh, and they may be saved. Now, the Mogan of Rome brings up an interesting question. I understand it needs to be written, because it needs to be written. However, if it's written in another language, I also understand I also understand that and therefore it can be written. People need to know it in Russian, so it can be written in Russian. However, Achumoshim, that are print, let, let's leave, let's leave the lambdas of printing out, but that are printed, and they're not in Ashuris, let's say. Let's say, they're in Rashi writing, or whatever writing they are, they're not in Ashuris. How come they are allowed to be written? What ace lasos is there? Think about it. If they can read Rashi writing or block writing, let's for the moment assume all these things aren't called Ashuris, 
then why do they do it in Block or Rashi? There's no Ace last Hashem. They may as well do it in Ashuris. Right? This is this is a this is a this is a big question. There's no Ace last or Heter to do anything in Roshna Kodesh of the Sefer Torah because if you're doing the Sefer Torah and you understand it Roshna Kodesh, then do it as as halachically uh, is needed. That's a question he asks. He does suggest that maybe. Um, writing it in Rashi writing or in block form is the same as Ashuris. It's all it's all considered similar, and therefore it's permitted, like you're allowed to write Sefer Torah in Ashuris. Okay, that's that's just a question. Now, you have to you have to see how this changed the whole the whole. It changed the whole a whole range of halachas. This Eislas is Lashem I'll just bring you one, which is not, it should, you should know the halacha lemaisa, it's still relevant very strongly. But just to see in, in the undercurrent, something that we see in the Rishonim could very much change with this Eis Lassos. And that is, is the halacha to write to Sefer Torah. We make a Sefer Torah with big pomp, big pomp of Sefer Torah. That's our halacha, to write a Sefer Torah. Now, the Rosh says, the reason to write the Sefer Torah is so that you learn from it. In order to learn, says the Rosh, nowadays that we don't really learn much from the Torah Shabbat right? We don't know how to. The, the Vulmagon knew how to, but we don't know how to. So we learn from a Gemara. So nowadays it could be the mitzvah is now to print Gemaras and to give people Gemaras as much as possible. And thereby people will be able to learn. And the post can even discuss that maybe there's no longer any more mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah. Forget, there's a mitzvah of publishing Gemaras and not Sefer Torah because the whole purpose is to learn. We don't learn from the Sefer Torah. Yes, we do create Torah, but proper learning, we don't do from the Sefer Torah. Now, halachically speaking, we Paskan, yes, uh, make a big of Sefer Torah and make a Sefer Torah. But you see how this would change a whole thing that's very big by us. The Ace Lassus that's made now that the Gemaras are... Uh, what we learn would change the mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah. Al Kalponim, the Rosh holds, there is a mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah in publishing Gemorahs and the like. They have to know that back in the day, writing a Gomorrah was like a Ksiva Sefer Torah and more. It costed an arm and a leg. Whole shas, when, you know, when we talk about that King Louis, Shem Rosham Yerukav, burnt the, the Talmud in France, he actually closed down all the yeshivas in France because the Balatoisus only existed in France because they had the Gomorrahs, right? Torah Shabbat we we need the Gomorrahs. Each set of Gomorrahs costed probably thousands, millions, if you think about it, in the money of today. And when he burnt 24 wagon loads, that was the end of the yeshivas because to publish a new set of shas would take years and years. And then and from there, Rabbi Chiel of Paris, who was the Rosh Hashiva, took a left and went to Eretz he went to Akko. So, that's just, uh, it brings to life a bit that rush of, of writing a Gomorrah is like Exiva Sefer Torah. The printing press of today, I, I still have to think about. Let's continue. Now coming a bit to the head, to the topic that we spoke about. The Rambam says in Hilchas Malachim that Yemoisa Mashiach that we're waiting for, it's not for us to rule over the world or to get back at our enemies. No, that's not our job. And um, even today, Rev Henkin holds 
that you weren't, we weren't really meant to bring back the tenza into the Gemara. Because he says, you never know when the Goyim will start shepherding again with the tenza. And he says, the way of the Eden is to say, Hashem yinkon domoi, because if we say, Ninakem behem, we'll, we'll take the coma, then it gets uh, Goyim, ah, so they're, they're an Ummah that's going to fight back. So we fight them. Hashem yinkon domoi is the way that Klal Yisrael goes through the Golas. Hashem yinkon domoi. We, we're not going to do anything. Hashem, Hashem yinkon domoi, which is bitochen, but it's also a way of living in the Golas under the censorship of Ravenki. But says the Rambam, even when Mashiach comes, we're not waiting. About the Sukkim say, Vidam Avodav Yikoim, etc. And we are waiting for that in a way. But that's not the Tepiyah Le-Yeshua. The Tepiyah Le-Yeshua is so that Klal Yisrael can learn Torah undisturbed. As I state in Rambam. So Moshe Sternbuch in his Akdom Muzmanim wanders out so if that's the case, Mistoma, Lo'asid Lovoy, we'll all be able to learn again with clarity. We'll be taught from the grosser Rebbers. And, and we'll be clear in Torah and everyone will be knowledgeable. So there won't be a need for anymore. And therefore one can clear on two ways. First of all, no more Svarim will be allowed to be printed because everything should be remembered Valpet. And secondly, maybe all the Svarim that are printed will have to go into the Geniza because they're no longer needed or maybe not allowed, unless you say, but the evidence, they're ready here, they're ready here. That's a Shiloh, he clears. So I want to share with you an answer. I think I chanced upon this. Maybe I saw it somewhere quoted, I don't know. But the Ramah in Tshuva Lama Dalet says something very interesting, which will give at least a leniency for some Tzvorim. The Ramah has a Tshuva where he's talking about, you know, in many shuls, I don't know today, but it definitely used to be, uh, definitely in the, I think under the Bema monks, the seats in the Bema monks, they have it as well, Rabkhunas as well. They have seats that you can pick up. And under the seat, things are put inside, talesim, etc. And the question is, are you allowed to put svarim in there and sit on the seat? Is it bizarre or not? Actually, this is also discussed by a Rav that lived in London. He was called Rav Yaakov Sasportus. He was the Rav of the S&P. He was the Leichem against Shabzai Tzvi. He only lived in London for one year because then a plague erupted. And he ran away and never came back to London. He became the Rav in Amsterdam for some 30 years. But either way, um, this is a Shiloh discussed. So the Ramon tries to make different levels of Kedusha in Svarim. And he says the following idea. He says, Eile, we said, the Makori to write Torah Shvichsav is Eile Atakoisen. So you're only allowed to write Torah Shvichsav Ashuris and not nothing, and nothing else. However, we also learn Eile Atakoisen, Abatosh Valpeh, you can't write Torah Shvapeh. So he says, maybe the Issa to write Torah Shvapeh is in the format that Torah Shvichsav is written. Eile atakoisev. A safer Torah you write in Ashuris like Safra's writing. But Torah Shvapeh, Which type of writing? The same type of writing as the safer Torah you're not allowed to write Torah Shvapeh. But were you to make a Shinui in the writing, then you'd be allowed. Says the Ramah. That Rashi writing came about, the Rishonim made this writing to get around the Issa of writing Torah Shvapeh. Yes, there's an Ace Lassus, but the Shrine is how far does this go, the Ace Lassus? Therefore, to get around the Issa of writing Torah Shvapeh, they Machadish, a different type of Lashon HaKoyed, a different type of writing, different font, more of a broken font, which is Rashi writing, or script, and that way, they won't be over the Issa of writing, because not Eleh, a Grosser Chiddush. With that Chiddush, we can answer a Moshe Sternbuch's question, but we can wonder about our generation. I always wondered why the old Svarim were printed in Rashi writing. 
Isn't it nicer what we get as bar mitzvah presents today? Yeah, everyone's already put in Seamus uh, their old bar mitzvah presents because they can't read it anymore in the Rashi writing because we're so used to being spoiled in the in the block font. Now the Chassam Sofer says in Chuvus that block font has a din of Ashuris. Right? If it's squared up, it has a din of Ashuris. So, so it's beautiful. But on the other hand, they did it specially back in the day. They wrote Ashuris because the Rishonim said not to write in block, because that's Eile, you're not allowed to write Torah Shabbat in Ashuris, and block is Ashuris. Therefore, they changed it into a Rashi, a Rashi writing, which would then allow them to write it. So they, they're more correct than today. Know what? Today, we're in Ace, it's Vitan Ace last Hashem, we will not read the Rashi writing, and therefore we have to have block writing. So it could be when Mashiach comes, the old Svarim, you're going to have to pull out the Geniza, because they're in Rashi writing, so even though you're not allowed to write Torah Shvapeh, well, Asilavoy, because we'll be a Dorodeo, and Mamele, we won't need to write things down, but if you want a nice Svarim Shank, you'll have to get the old Svarim with the Rashi writing, which is not considered that you wrote the Torah Shvapeh in the Torah Shvapeh format. Masha'enke and your new Svarim are going to have to go into Seamus, maybe, because they're in Ashuris, you're not allowed to write Torah Shvapeh, and Ashuris, questionable, but that's, uh, that's, that's an idea that might be. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to say on this, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it a bit shorter because I wanna come to some drush. So I'll just come to one, one other point. The Chasm Sofer, in Orochaim Simon Reishches, tells us, in a letter to the Maratzchius, he says, that people that write Svarim for their own glory, they should know that they're being over the Issa of writing Torah Shvapeh. You're not allowed to write on Torah Shvapeh. And the question is, what do you mean? Eislah Hashem Afeir Torah Shvapeh. What's the Chassam Sofer saying? Of course you're allowed to write down Torah Shvapeh. Eislah Sois. Yeah. Eislah Sois Hashem. You're allowed to write down Torah Shvapeh. But if it's Eislah Sois Lecho, if you want to make yourself a name, it's us to write down Torah Shvapeh. And therefore, he says, he'll be over an Issa. Lemaisa, Lefidis Ramor, someone that is worried of the Chassam Sofer's words, yeah, he's worried. Maybe a stickler guy was uh, mixed in. You know, who who can say that's not so? I mean, the Arachayim Kodesh in the beginning of his Sefer, Taka says, I did everything lishmo. Uh, yeah, he writes it. Imam he writes such a Loshan and there he writes someone that shepherds with his Torah. Uh, you know, he says, if you don't learn my Svarim lishmo, uh, I'm Isenu, I'll kill him. So he says some, one of his Svarim. That's why one of the Gera Rebbe's wouldn't learn um, some of the Sifra Arachayim because he writes very sharp. Everything is lishmo and don't learn it not lishmo. Uh, the mice of the Talmudim say he just meant it as a sharp word. He didn't mean it to the don't know my sefer. Akaponim, uh, a way out of the Chassam Sefer's Taina is if you were to write it in Rashi writing, if you write your sefer in Rashi writing, then according to the Ramal, that's not over the Issa of, of writing Torah Shvapeh, and then it would be okay. I'll just bring you one more point on this, and I'm going to the Drush, and that is, a short Drush, that is that, um, that taking the return in your pocket to the Beis HaKisei also comes up into this Shaila, that there could be different levels of Kedusha depending on what type of print is used, whether it would need double covering or one covering, discussed in the Poiskim. So I just want to share with you a short Kuda. Um, in Living through, there's been many talks of right? people want to give this kula and that kula because of the situation, and maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. Obviously, every rov has his take and his psak. 
and uh, and it's tucker different times and, and needs assessing. Um, the question is though, that's that's on the on the weak side of things. The question is, what can we take positively? So there is. I'll just share with you two two angles. Two angles. One is that obviously it's been a sorrow for many, and the chlal is one is one goof. So it's an a sorrow for all. But still, there's chizuk to take for those that can. So a there is the nakuda that there's din in the world. Now we don't like din, and we don't know why there's din, and we don't know why the Torah is full of chlalus. I'll share with you one thought that helps us in our Vedas Hashem. And that is that we're human beings, and although we want to be good, and actually Matan Torah made us better than all the nations, we still have within us the animal. And that's why, Taka, without Torah, at the beginning of the sphere, we have barley. The first carbon is barley, says our Rosh because without the Torah, we're like an animal. At the end, we have Kittim. The Torah raise, rise, picks us up. But still, everyone has they're tithers, etc. So the Torah speaks tough on us because we don't know what we would be without the Torah being tough on us. And without us seeing, I'm not saying, we're splitting. It shouldn't hit anyone and it's not relevant to anyone and why it hit people we don't know. But the fact that there's din in the world does hold us and help and help us in Yerushalayim. There's a story, I'll just, with one story I'll highlight this. The altar of Kel had a son-in-law called Ramnochem Zayv. And he had a shop. And his shop had two doors. One door coming to the shop and one door that went through to the marketplace. And people would walk through. But on market days, he'd close that door because he didn't want his shop to be disturbed. One day, a guy walked in, a rough guy, and he starts walking towards the door. It was a market day. So he apologized. And says, 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 I'm sorry, but the door is locked for today because on market day, it disturbs my shop. And he was very polite. Told the guy, no. The guy carried on walking towards the door. Looking rough and tough. So he said, again, politely, you can't. He saw the guy wasn't listening. He took him by the collar and he screamed at him, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to throw you down the stairs. So the guy looked at him and said, ah, you don't want me to go through the door? Okay. And he went. What's Pshat? So he explains, and Shredder Grasbard explained the story, that this guy only knew the fist. This was his language. We're talking about a rough guy. He knew the fist. Talked to him politely, sweetly. He's not going to do much to him. You have to talk to him in his language. The Torah tells us so many clawless in order to give us a barrier from every person can drop. You won't believe how far one can drop. At times of war, that's really the, that's what I'm saying, at times of war you see what, what countries you can become, etc. Civilization can drop. So therefore, the Torah gave us a shmira in the Sumerah with very strong messages. That's one Nakuda. In the positive, we have the Torah and we have the Yimei Asfira, which is Uspartem Lochem, says Arachayim Atodesh, Uspartem Eloshen Sapi. You are a go back to what we what we were, Pesach, and then we worked on ourselves through the Yimei Asfira, and then we got the Torah, and every year we try to come back to this. So, just two more little verta, and then we'll wrap up. There was a custom in the Koisal Amaravi to knock nails in to take a hammer after you daven, the nails you will not find, because the British mandate, when they wanted to make a debate who the Harabais belongs to, the, the Arabs or the Jews, they had to make the debate fair. So first they cleaned the wall of all the nails, so, so that there shouldn't be any evidence. And the reason was obviously because um, it was a 
damaging the wall. But this was uh, the facts on the ground. They cleaned the nails. They also cleaned, they used to be graffiti on the wall, Avram, Ben, blah, blah, blah. People used to write their names on. And the question is, what was the idea in this custom? So there's a sefer called Yaskel Avdi, who explains that Aloha, if one leaves a house, Sef Hasidim says, one leaves a house, one shouldn't come back for seven years. That's, a, that's a, one of the spooky type of Aloha. So one shouldn't come back for seven years. So the person given eight to drive a nail through the wall, thereby... You always you haven't left yet. You're still there, so so you can come back if you need to to this house to live. Same idea. The Eden came to the Koisel. They didn't know when they could come back, so they drove a nail in, and they sort of I'm always connect. I left something there, and I'm still connected. The Ramban says when there's Isman Esoirus, you can't just let it pass by, because when this is over, yeah, we were Esoira, but it will pass away. One has to drive a nail into that time. Do ever something. So that it stays. He says that Ceres is called that Ceres. It was the hold on the whole Yetzirah Mitzrayim and everything was the Kabbalah Satora. That's really something to take um, to take home with us. I finish with the words of Rav Shimon Shwab. Rav Shimon Shwab says um, in Amar Veshena we say Hashem takes away our sleep, but then it says they teaches us Torah and says What is the connection? Waking us from our sleep, teach us Torah. Says that it says the went to sleep. Hashem put him It doesn't say he woke up. He never woke up. The whole world. He once saw. He saw the shkinda. He saw everything. He went to sleep and he never woke up because he never went back to the madrega. He was. He was on. The only people that woke up was Klali Shor and Hasinai. They woke up. The Torah. This is the positive angle. The Torah has the ability to help us see the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live in this world. Even without Din, it can refine us. And, and, He woke us up. How? By teaching us Torah. And that's a specific chesed to HaGoyimok HaSodim Toivim, Amo Yisrael, Dafka Amo Yisrael, have this chesed. So at the time of Shavuos, we should take the positive note of waking up to serve Hashem and, and to know that this refines us, this makes us a better person. And in Emerson, we're stuck in our house, and we have this message every day. I, I finish with the words of the Rambam. Rambam says that when you go past your mezuzah, will you wake up? These are the words, and with this we finish. The Rambam says, Every time you come in, and you go out, you, you meet the Yichud Shmoy of Hashem. And you remember His love. Yeah, woke up by Muhammad Asinai, unlike the Umais. Every day when you're by your door, you wake up from your sleep. And the fact that we get carried away from all the things of the times, which at the moment, there's nothing to get carried away from. The mezuzah is really the wake. We don't need din wake up calls. Every day the mezuzah shouts out at us to wake up. There's nothing that stands forever. Only the knowledge of Hashem. When one sees the mezuzah, and goes in the right ways. And because of this, says Ramam Chazal said, whoever has twillin on his head, titsis on his beggars, and a mezuzah on his door, then he's guarded. So we can understand maybe that if, if, we, if we all were always awake, through the mezuzah, the tefillin, the tzitzis, the Torah, then we don't, we wouldn't need, 
wake up, as, as a klal, we don't need, we won't need, and it'll go away, the wake-up call to recognize Hashem will be in a positive way through the Torah, the mezuzah, the tefillin, the tzitzis, etc. May we all be well, and I have a gewaldige yomtev.